everybody, this is the Tax Lady, and this is our podcast to keep you abreast of things that are happening in the world of taxes. And I will tell you that, you know, when it comes to taxes, ignorance is not bliss. You know, that old adage, ignorance is bliss. It's not bliss because if you do something that is stupid, it can cost you a lot of money. And there's a, a lot of uh, people that have no idea about gifting they know if they gift something that something bad can happen so our podcast today is going to be about gifting and we hope that we make you smarter but in in between the smartest thing you can do is if you're not sure give us a call at uh, our uh, website well our our phone number which is on our website at egtax.com and i'm joined in studio with my buddies uh, Tiffany, Fabian, hey Tiff. Hey there, Esther. How's it going? You know, I, I was thinking, I was talking to you the other day, and you were talking about making people smart, and you said you were with a friend, and you were reading about uh, trying to get into another country, and you're like, just keep reading, just keep reading. And so the law, it whined and turned and, and, and deviated this way and that way, and that's a lot like tax law. And so I think that's, you tried to... I, I wanted to go. She wants me to go with her to Africa, mm-hmm. and and I haven't had all my vaccines. So right. the first two things said, you got to have a vaccine, got to have a vaccine, and then she said, "Well, see, Esther, you can't go." I said, "Read the next thing." Mm-hmm. But if you didn't get a vaccine, you have to test <laughs> negative up to seventy-two hours in advance, and that's really how tax law is. It's written like Keep no, reading. no, no. Oh, wait a minute! If you skip on your left foot. And you uh, belch at the same time, we might let you do something else. It's sort of like the employee retention credit that we're trying to. And that's the interesting part about tax law is that it isn't easy. And the exceptions really kind of steer the boat, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. definitely. And then I have Christopher Fabian. Hello, Esther. Are you having a good summer? Having a good summer. Very nice weather. Can't complain. Not too hot, not too cold. So, perfect. Yeah, it is wonderful, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and even though some days it's 90, the next day it's 70, you know, keeps you humble. <laughs> I had a... By the, by the same token, speaking about humility, um, one of the best things you can do for yourself is to call and verify something. It doesn't, we don't charge anything to uh, talk to you and tell you uh, things that you ought to know. So consider us to be your buddies. We say that you're family and we think of you as family. And our website is egtax.com. And you can go on there and you can email us a question. You can call us. Uh, sometimes I think calling is better. Don't you guys think that? Yeah, you've always taught me that. You were like, sometimes it just doesn't work in a text. And so you pick up the phone and you can get all those things together and your thoughts and express it differently, you know? I, it's so much more fluid because if they say something, you can say something back. And it's a better discovery, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There, it, You can carry on a conversation, you know, versus waiting texting or emailing and then you got to wait for the answer then you got to answer their questions then they got to you got to go back and read the question that was said originally yep. so yeah so you can call us text us whatever but the important thing is i think 
for you to be a really wise person, you need to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Because ignorance is not bliss when it comes to taxes. Yeah. It is not. Okay, so let's talk about gifting. So if I want to gift money to my children, do I get to take it as a tax deduction? No. But people think but, that. But the good thing, too, is they don't have to count it as income. The kids. So the person right. receiving. So if it takes, anyone that receives a gift, the gift is tax-free to the recipient and is not deductible to the donor. Correct. Then why does everybody go crazy about the amount that they can give? Because if you gift more than 16000 a year, you have to <clears throat> do a year-end gift tax return. And so that... That sound scares people, I think. Yeah, people are afraid of the word tax. Right. So if I give more than $16,000 to any of my, to anybody, I have to do a gift tax return. That means I got to, I got to pay taxes? No, no, no. nobody pays. I mean, it depends where you take the money out of, but in essence, just the gift itself is tax free. You don't get to deduct it. They don't claim it as income. What it does is it limits how much you can be worth when you die, your estate. Um, right now, it's worth $12.6 million is the lifetime exclusion for the federal government, so you don't before, pay. Before I would owe taxes? Correct. So I could gift away a million dollars and... That would be tax-free? That would be tax-free, and all it but would... But I'd have to do the gift tax return. Yes. Yep, you do the gift tax... So, so the gift tax return, then, what is the purpose of a gift tax return? It's like a bookkeeping form, so the IRS can keep track of where you are with that threshold. And so it's. I always explain it to people like it's a bookkeeping form, you know? Like a checkbook, a balance sheet. So... What you do is you give, you do the gift tax return. You say, I gave my kids a million bucks. The person that gave the million dollars owes nothing. Their estate owes nothing, provided that their estate didn't cross over the $12.6 million threshold, which it re- is right now, right? Correct. So, so, you're- then, so then a lot of the stuff that people worry about, they shouldn't worry about. Right. The average person usually has nothing to worry about. You know, if you know, like um, the owners of the bills, um, the Pagula, well, well, the former owner, when he passed away, what was the name? Uh, Wilson, Ralph Wilson. Wilson. Ralph Wilson. When he passed away, his estate was worth, I'm sure, well in excess of $12.6 million. So his family, for instance, had to worry about doing uh, paying taxes on his estate. Because then it moves from a gift tax return to an estate return. Correct. Yes. Right? Yes. And the estate return, if you exceed that threshold, then your estate pays taxes. Right. That's right. At a very high rate, I might add. At a very high rate. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. So, so, so for most people listening, if your estate is worth less than $12.6 million, you really don't have a, 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 a gift tax problem. Now, here's the thing, though. if Let's say that you gave away your entire estate to your children. Does that preclude the nursing home from taking it because you gave it away? There's a five-year look back right now. 
So that means the nursing home will go back five years to look at the bank accounts, to look to see if there were any gift tax returns. And if anything was given away during those five years, they're going to say you have to be private pay until that money that you gave away is used up. So if you gave $70,000 away and nursing home costs here in New York are about 15000 that's a month. a month. A month. Yeah. So that's like four months, four and a half months worth of nursing home bills. You would, somebody would have to come up with to pay full price for, for mom or words, dad. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put mom or dad on Medicaid. Correct. If it's in that five years. And that's why... We always recommend talking to an estate attorney like Jeff Katz. He was just on our radio show because it's really important to do the right thing. So you're not, if you can, so you're not caught in that situation, you know? Absolutely. So here's, here's the thing. So if you have substantial assets and you think that you're going to, you're going to get private pay by Medicaid because you're poor and you gave away the money three years before you went into a nursing home, the last, those, those last two years are still going to be subject to you being a private pay patient. If you have the assets to pay it. If yes. You have the assets, right. Yes. Well, even if you don't have the assets, you gave away all the assets. If, if, yeah. if, if you, you know, if there's a, th- the, whatever it is the last two years, if you went in the three years, uh, two years prior to the five years being over, then there would still be that look back. And, and then, so the heirs who received the money would have to then pay for the nursing home expenses of their yeah, loved ones. I, I just did a tax return for somebody <clears throat> who was in a nursing home. The return was done by her daughter, and she paid, I think, $80,000 in nursing home. But then there was also the bed, the a New York State assessment. And so we, she had a refund of like $6,000 coming to her because you get to have that assessment charge funded back to you on a New York refundable credit. Well, let's not just drop that in like that. To explain what the New York State assessment is, Tim. Well, when when you're in yeah when when you're a New York State resident, you're in a New York nursing home. If you're full pay, New York State charges you a, a tax, a bed tax for being in that facility. It's usually about six and a half percent. The first six percent of that tax you get back if you file your New York return. So, Which is the New York 520, 258, 258, right? Yep, right. yep. So, like Tiff said, they paid about $6,000. They got that check back from New York State. Unfortunately, it's probably going to go right back into the nursing home. <laughs> but Well, un- unless it's the year of death of the person that was in the nursing home, and then it would just go into the estate. Right. right. And the sad but part is if you don't do if it. If you don't, if, you're a, if your loved one is in a private pay situation and you're writing the check every month for the nursing home expenses, 6% of the amount that you're giving them, that you're paying the, the facility, is a bed tax, which you, which you, re, which you ask for back on form New York IT 258 and um, basically they're going to send you the money back. Yeah. If you don't ask for the money back, they keep it 
They win, you lose. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they don't write to you saying, Sarah, guess what? You have money coming back to you. Here it is. They don't even write thank you for the gift. Yeah, I I did a little information sheet to all the nursing homes around here just to make sure that they told their residents about it so that, uh, you know, like you said at the top of the show, be informed and knowledgeable, you know? And what's so sad is I know the nursing homes know. Mm-hmm. They really should. They should send to every private pay patient mm-hmm. a letter that says you're entitled to $5,000 back, $8,000, yeah. $12,000 back. It's not that hard. Well, I wonder if they get a kickback for people who don't. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I don't well, know. I don't know. All right. So anyway. But, All right, so you know, that's that's the nursing home credit on the state of New York. Right. For people that are uh, private pay patients. And so basically you have a refund coming of the bed tax that they're charging that they shouldn't charge, but you get it back if you apply for it. If you don't apply too bad, they keep your money. Right. And it's full full nursing home, not just uh, subacute rehab or part care. It's for full nursing right. care. Right. And going back to gifting, one of the major issues with gifting is when you gift give property you know cash is cash right Right. we all understand cash but what happens when mom or dad gift junior the house you know that's a problem right if they don't pay tax on that gift but when junior sells the house that's when the problem comes in and that's because they get the basis of mom or dad or mom and dad, if both parents are still alive, you know, and that could be, I mean, like, look at my mom, for example, her basis in her house is about $45,000. If, if she were to gift it and we sold it for fair market value right now at 200,000, me and my siblings would have to pay tax basically on $160,000. So, so correct. However, however, if she did a life estate, right. that's different, right? Right, right. The life estate, it still stays in her name on the forefront. Uh, but then if she passes, then we get the stepped up basis when she passed away. So then we would get it for 200 sell it for 200 you pay no tax. So right. which is really it, important. So the so this all this stuff is very tricky. You want to make sure that you just don't make a decision over Fourth uh, of July dinner that wow, mom's going to give us the house, yay yay for us, because there's a better way to do it. There is right, right. The life estate, and you know, right. and the thing it's is too, you want to make sure that's the house mom is going to stay in or dad is going to stay in until they pass away. If they do it at age 65, it may not be a good idea because the odds are they're going to move prior to their death. Well, they could. I mean, they might say, let's go to Florida, Hank, you know? Right. And, and so, so that would that would be, and then if they sell the house, you end up with egg on your face. The, the kids pay the tax on yeah, the house. So what sale. they might want to do is the parents would want to revoke the life estate. Well, and that's where if you did, if you had gifted your house to your kids and you and your spouse decide to sell the house and you had gifted it to them, have them give it back to you 
so that you can uh, then you can sell it and you wouldn't pay any taxes on it. Right. Just make a phone call before you do something. I, I was with the client the other day and they did a real estate exchange and they did all the things and they got an exchange person, but then they missed the ball on part of it. So you just want to make sure you, when you start something, you get it right from soup to nuts. Okay. Hey, let's, let's move on here to, you know, trust. A lot of people put their assets in a trust and, you know, first of all, I find out that once it's in a trust, sometimes they don't realize a trust has to file a tax return. Have you ever found that, you guys? Yes, yes. Um, I'll be doing somebody's tax return, <clears throat> and they'll have all their 1099s. And then I look at a 1099B, and it's in a tax ID number, and it's not in their social. And I'm like, oh. And so I'm, I'm thinking of a grandfather that I saw this. And so he had put um, things in a trust for his his grandkids and they have to do a tax return every year, but he didn't know that. And so they weren't doing it. And for a while he was reporting the income on his tax return. Right. And so that's, what's really important is that if it's a, an irrevocable trust, that means it stands on its own. It's just like another human being and it has to do a tax return when it has income of over six, I think it's $600. Right. Correct. So, so, and quite frankly, this individual that would be the trustee of this trust would be very surprised to learn that the trust actually on non-distributed income would pay a very large tax bill at a very high percentage. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, it's, it all goes back to the basis and what what you do with it and how you handle transferring it from one person to the other. And like we've said all throughout this plan, 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 talk to the elder care lawyer, talk to, you know, make sure you do so it. If, if you're somebody that's setting up a trust, understand that if your trust on an irrevocable, tr a revocable trust means that basically you can do whatever you want. It's your it's money. Gonna you on, still it's control gonna go it. On your personal return. Yep. But if it's an irrevocable trust, it's got, it's got to file on its own if it makes more than $600 a year. So that's really important so that you don't get behind the eight ball and you don't file those returns and you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Because um, <clears throat> if, you, if you get behind, it's what's the fine per person per month? Oh, it depends. Well, it's all based upon the, the tax liability. Yeah. Yep. And the tax liability can be substantial. Absolutely. If, if you have the trust, though, you want to make sure you distribute if you can. Right, Chris? Chris? Right, right. You want to have it set up where it distributes yearly income because then that will is what that does. Go at your, right. at your tax rate. Right. right. It will issue K-1s to the beneficiaries, the people receiving the money, and they pay tax. And their tax rate will be a lot lower than the trust right. because the trust, right. after $12,000, is at 37%. Correct. Where an individual Whereas, where at that level, you'd be at 10%, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and, and there's so many people, <clears throat> this is where you're talking about planning. I, I tell them, did you distribute it within the last 12 months? They're like, oh, well, we're going to do it now. But when it's been 15 or 16 months, it's too late. You have to do it within that window. And so you really want to make sure you distribute the assets within that year that you're talking about. So if you're somebody that's had a trust, 
and you've never done a trust return and you haven't put the income on your own return, you have a big problem. You have right? a, yes, yes, you have so a. I think, I think to help you, you need to call EG Tax or whoever your tax advisor is and you need to settle up because and, it can be devastating. Yep, and then I also want to give Jeff Katz his phone number. Maybe you're in a different area, but he might be a good reference. <clears throat> uh, 716-633-3363. Yeah, and he's a really that's, good that's resource. Easy. That's an easy number. That's remember. a very easy number, yes. And yes. that's a really good resource. He's so 633-3363. Yeah, he was just on our radio show. You can go on our website and listen to the tape show if you wanted to. Um, and he's very informative, and I think he does a really good job of breaking down the law and explaining it in layman's terms, which I think is half the battle, you know? Well, understanding is like, for instance, what's the difference between Medicaid and Medicare? Medicare is your health insurance that you get when you're a senior. Medicaid pays your nursing well, wait, home. Wait, 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 wait. It's, it's, the, it's the health insurance you get as a senior if you're very low income, right. Medicaid. No, no, Medicare, I said, is your health insurance. Oh, I thought you said Medicaid. No, Medicare is okay. your right. the health insurance. When you hit 65, you have to apply and register for Medicare. Mm-hmm. Medicaid okay. is where it pays for your nursing home. Once you know, and then New York State, sorry to step on you, even has a, a new Medicaid. Even if you're low low income, you can go on the New York State Health Exchange and get Medicaid now too. But right, and med- and so Medicaid can also be health insurance, right? It can for you, normal person under sixty five. If they don't have, if they have lower income, if they have lower income, yes. And this could pay for your dentist, your nursing home, and a lot of perks. That Medicare would not, medic, Medicare would not pay for. <laughs> right. So Medicaid pays for it, but Medicare doesn't. Correct. Yeah, which is crazy. Okay, and then let's say that you're the heir next of kin to someone who passes away. What is your responsibility regarding that person's final return? Well, to make sure you pay all of the bills and pay all of the liability and get the estate squared away. That's your obligation. If you're the executor or executrix. If you're the person handling it, yes. And sometimes you have to turn it over to probate, right? Right. If people are questioning different things, if creditors are looking at it, it can go to probate, which can take six months. We've seen some that go three years. So, Right. Absolutely. But the thing is, so the more that you spend time prior to somebody passing away, cleaning up all their expenses, putting a life estate, things of that nature, the cleaner it is upon their passing. Right? Yeah, on our website we have a letter of intent <clears throat> and so it's just a explanation of what it is that you want upon your passing and it's really clear and concise and easy to follow and um, might give you a peace of mind. Yeah, so so just go to egtax.com. I think it's on the road to retirement, right? Correct. Yes. 
and um, and fill out that and put it in your records, and it'd be a blessing to your heirs if something should happen to you in an untimely manner, or even if you know that uh, you're in a terminal situation. Anyway, I'm Esther Golius, the tax lady from EG Tax. If you need help, you can give us a call during the week, 632-7886. Until next uh, podcast, I'm Esther Golius, the tax lady, with Christopher Fabian and Tiffany Fabian. Have a great time. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG Tax.